You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go Bucks! Welcome to NS9 Live. I, of course, am your host, Anthony DiNardo. Tonight, we have our host, co-host Jim Rosati on here. And a special guest, we got Brian from Raise the Jolly Roger. How is everyone doing tonight? I'm doing good. Yeah, it's nice to nice to have Brian on here as well. So uh, we'll have we've got somebody who uh, was at the game today. So we're live live uh, live encounter. You know, that's right. Yeah, you know, was, the first game uh, since 2019, and you were there. Right. It was a nice day. You know. Beautiful place, beautiful stadium, beautiful weather, and uh, not so beautiful of a game, which is exactly what we all <laughs> expected and signed up for. But it was all good. I will say this, though. Your game was better than the game that I drove an hour and a half to. <laughs> I was literally just going to say this that. Week. <laughs> I mean, it that could be worse. very true. <laughs> yeah, it definitely could have been worse. <laughs> yeah, there was at least some semblance of a competitive game today. So that was good. Right. Oh man. So I guess, I mean, actually let's like kind of get into that part, uh, with you being at the game. So I'm kind of interested. I'm sure a lot of other people that weren't able to attend the game today, it was a sellout all 7,700 were there. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about being there? What was it like? Yeah, it was, you know, it was kind of weird for sure. You know, not weird. I mean, I'm sure there are all the jokes will be made about how 7,000 is not an unusual crowd for a pirates game. And that's true. But, um, you know, it, it was good. I, I felt everything, everyone felt pretty good about how it was uh, safety-wise from, you know, everyone's kept out pretty pretty spaced out pretty far. Everyone's wearing masks. Um, maybe not so much when you're sitting, but even then you're pretty spaced out from everyone. So I think it's kind of okay. Um, but, yeah, it was, you know, it was great to just – it was un- unbelievable. <laughs> it's like 80 degrees, which I think is the warmest it's been in Pittsburgh all year like perfectly sunny amazing day just walking across the bridge going into the park getting a beer sitting down looking at the view it's like this is this is amazing and then you know brian hits one in the bushes <laughs> the second batter <laughs> of the game so you know but um like i said we kind of we were didn't sign up for a great baseball team by going to the pnc park this year that's right. that's part of the deal but yeah, it was all pretty good. Uh, can't really complain. Was happy to be there. Yeah, then that's something I definitely agree with. Like, I mean, usually, you know, home opener at PNC Park, you're expecting like what it was last week in Chicago, right? I mean, yeah. you're like wondering if it's going to snow today or not. And then, I mean, hell, it was summertime. You know, again, just to yeah, point out, just... I mean, here I am in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was literally the same weather. I'm looking up. I was like, it's 80 degrees here too, and it's 80 degrees there. What's going on? Yeah, we were saying we were looking at some of the pictures from opening days past. We were in our coats and hats, and, you know, shivering. And actually, last week when I don't, it looked cold in Chicago, but here we were watching the game on TV. But outside of our window, it was snowing here. So yeah, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely a nice change. So, yeah, that's right. It was just snowing up there like a week ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, perfect week for for baseball um, after that last weekend because it was it was excellent weather in cincinnati earlier this week and i guess that carried over to pittsburgh today so that's that's good sure yeah luckily the play didn't carry over so like i mentioned at least your game was a little bit better 
Um, I, I mean, I guess we can talk about the few games, especially today's as well. But since last time we podcast, they did finish up the Reds series last night. That also wasn't too stellar. But again, today at least was competitive. Um, you know, Tyler Anderson went out there to pitch, kept them in the game. It was close. Obviously, you know, the, the, the Cubs did end up winning. But I don't know. Maybe we'll talk about today's game a little bit more right now. Um, I mean, what did you guys think about it? Uh, yeah, I mean, Anderson, uh, I, I, saw a stat, I saw a stat from the first game he pitched. He actually had a really high, shockingly high amount of swings and misses. And I, I don't know what – I didn't see count today. But, you know, it's kind of the same. Like, he, he actually is surprisingly effective with that stupid little hitch in his windup that I, I, you know, just like clearly meant to throw off the batter. But it does work somewhat. Um, you know, I gave, gave a couple of bombs. And I think they had a good number of hits they had, but um, you know, he's probably the best pitcher we have right now. Um, just <laughs> like you said, he was actually able to get into the sixth inning, which for a Pirates starter so far this year is pretty good. <laughs> Not great by normal standards, but you know, we'll take it. And yeah, keep him in the game, getting a bunch of strike, getting a handful of strikeouts, cut out of a couple jams. So yeah, I mean, you know, we'll take that from from Anderson for sure. Um, the offense is just not very good. I think we, we just all know that at this point. Uh, yeah, they actually had a bunch of opportunities. They were getting walked a lot. Arietta was pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wild. A couple of their guys in the bullpen, particularly one, was extremely wild and gave them a bunch of chances, and they just, you know, didn't do enough with them. But again, that's kind of we know they're not very good. So that's is what it is. Right. No, like yeah, I, I really I, agree. I'll go ahead, Jim. No, I was gonna say to, to about the whiffs. Yeah, I just just looking it up here. Ten whiffs um, for Tyler Anderson. Four on his changeup, um, especially early early on. I felt that changeup was working um, really well against righties. Um, you know, he got. I think he got Contreras on it twice. Um, he got he got another batter early on on that changeup. So the changeup was looking good. Um, and, and, and I think this is exactly the kind of start that Tyler Anderson was like brought in here to do, right. Like, he wasn't spectacular by any means. Right. But, you know, we, we've been talking for a while now about, we're just going to need pitchers to throw innings, you know, and this, this right here, deepest start by a pirate starter, um, all year, which is, I don't know if that's pathetic, but five and a third innings, he at least got into the sixth inning. Um, so that's, that's valuable in a in of itself uh, but i mean he wasn't spectacular by any means i mean he gave up 10 hits in five and a third innings um didn't walk anybody you know but he he pitched some innings kept the team in the ball game he wasn't like i said he wasn't terrible he wasn't good you know he was just kind of there <laughs> um yeah which, which is which is fine like that's that's literally what they brought him in to do so um, I think Anderson is a, a, a he's a notch above um, like a Cahill <laughs> or um, for sure Eric Collin last year where like those are to- like guys that are totally just signed off the scrap heap like there's really little to no hope that they'll actually be a trade piece or really help your team I think that they're just to fill innings Anderson you know kind of fills and falls in that category but he's at least a little bit more of a real serviceable pitcher. Um, yeah, which is why he like got a major league contract and stuff. So yeah, and albeit you know early in the season, he at least looks like he belongs and is our best pitcher for sure. But that's why I put out there, you know, like I was actually, I impressed isn't the good word, 
But, you know, I did look at this and I was like, that was, that was a pretty solid start by him, you know, because again, like he wasn't brought in here to be an ace. You know, he's brought in here to eat innings and just be a competitive type of pitcher. And I felt like he, that's exactly what he was. Like Jim said, there was zero walks, which is, but the Pirates been doing like all series or for the Red series, yeah. like every pitcher just walks everyone. So he gave up no walks. Uh, there was only two his last start. And albeit it was 10 hits he had. A lot of them were soft contact, and let's talk about them two home runs. I mean, first off, you mentioned about you know Brian hit that first home run. That was a that was a good pitch. I mean, that was a lot of kudos on Brian. And then the Baez home run, that was just uh, like that shouldn't happen. Um, Ryan, the ex NS Nine co-host over here, uh, showed us that that was what tied for the sixth lowest home run since two thousand and eight. I think it was like point. I was like what? Yeah, point I, I've got eight the, feet off. I've got the, the ground here. Point seven, point seven, point eight six feet off of the ground, tied for the sixth lowest pitch hit for a home run since they started tracking it in two thousand eight. Yeah, so it's like that. There, I mean, you can't like you can't put that blame on Anderson for the most part. That was just amazing by Baez. Um, So again, like I'm not here touting that Tyler Anderson looked great, but he did his job really. I mean, it was. Three earned runs. The, the Pirates are still in the game. You know, even the last time he pitched, that the Pirates were in the game. That's what he's paid to do right now. And that's what he's doing. So, you know, he, he was effective for what he's needing to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I, we were sitting up high behind the plate, so you don't really have a great view of the height of the pitch. So when Baez hit that homer, I didn't really could didn't see on the Bryant. I was just like, why would, you know, because Baez, he's like, he swings at everything. He All right. crushes the fastballs, but, you know, he strikes out a lot. So I'm like, why would you throw him a strike? What are you doing? Because, you know, it looks from up top, it looks like it's right down the middle. But that's just off the pitch location. Right. It's like in the dirt. It's like, oh, actually, that was <laughs> not really a bad pitch at all. Yeah. Yeah, it was, a, it. it was a pretty, it was a pretty crazy piece yeah. of hitting, though. Yeah, I mean, it was like, was just here's a ball. You're not going to swing at this. And he does. And it's a home yeah. run. Yeah. Two run shot, take the lead. Yeah. So yeah, and so yeah, I'm unfortunate. <laughs> I think then the right after issue, that, though, at least today, was the uh, the hitting. <laughs> That's no yeah. Doubt about the, well, the problem I felt like with the offense today was like they would get it going, they would get all these runners on base, but then the bottom of the order would be up, right? So it's like they everybody would get on base, and then it was like oh wait, now it's the pitcher spot or it's Dustin Fowler, right? Um, yeah. And those guys just didn't come through. Fowler actually did hit a runner in. He had a sacrifice fly, so he at least got the job done once. Um, but, I mean, I think Tyler Anderson stranded, I don't even know yeah, how many, five, five batters, five it, runners on the It on, was on four base, in so. total, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had the bases loaded his first at bat. He had he had runners on the second time up. So, you know, that, that's just it's that's just kind of unfortunate, right? Yeah. And we were even joking, like in the second inning, Anderson's up in the second inning with the bases loaded. It's like, I mean, shit, we're off tomorrow. Do we just pinch hit for him and <laughs> and throw the bullpen in seven innings today? I mean, you're gonna pitch hit. Alfred. That's true. <laughs> true too. That's true. Who are we gonna put in there? <laughs> It's not like Stephen Brawl's healthy. I, I was just yeah. going to say, can Stephen Brawl hit? Like, can he swing? <laughs> can he just be on the team for a pitch hitter? Yeah, maybe they should just activate Brawl so that he could hit. Right. Yeah. 
Like you're, better you're, than you're right. It's like the, the the hitting. Like I mean, the team did hit in regards to like what they've been doing. Uh, like they're getting on base as well to a degree, but right, like there's no clutch. I mean, just guys left on base. How many times? How many opportunities? Right. Yeah. What's his face? Winkler came in and walked what three straight guys. Yeah. And yeah, it was it was yeah three walks. That's well, when I mean, look Kimball at it. Came the, in the, the, strikeout, strikeout. Yeah, I mean the Pirates who performed well today, right? Polanco two for three with a walk, um, and then Stallings one for two with two walks. So between Polanco and Stallings, the six and seven hitters, you know, they got on base six times, um, and so it was just yeah they got on base and then no one behind them. There was no one behind them to hit them in. Right. Or uh, Frazier, too. Frazier, two for four with a walk. So he let it off. Frazier. Yeah. And then Newman and Reynolds couldn't do anything, or Moran. And then, you know, like you said, Polanco and Stallings, and then no one could get them in. So, yeah, it yeah. was their, their, their hits were all spaced out. Like they couldn't clump, yeah. anything, to, clump anything together. It also helps when you, your hurts when you don't have uh, power hitters, which we don't. That's, that too. That's, uh, that can be a cure for that, which it was for the Cubs today. Cubs offense is is garbage right now. Actually, they were had a horrible series leading up to this. They weren't particularly impressive the first round against the Pirates, even though they won two out of three. And they weren't very good today, really. I mean, they had two two bombs or three bombs, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. Outside of that, I mean, they're. I don't know. The I Cubs think I actually, guys. I think I actually saw a stat where pitchers have a higher batting average than the Cubs. Yeah. So and that was as, that was as of yesterday. I pitcher, think. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were not hitting well going into the series, but they they did put together eleven hits today. Um, yeah, and three. I think the Pirates runs. will usually cure that for you. But but even now, I mean, all three runs scored on homers. All four runs scored on home runs. So yeah, as Brian mentioned, the home runs can cure a lot of things. That, that's that's how you can score if you're not really stringing together hits. And uh, Cubs were able to do it. Pirates weren't. So we're we're in the seventh game of the season. We've already written off Polanco. Comes into this game. We saw that first hit. I mean, that would have, as Jim said, right, would have been out of the park 20, I'm sorry, 80% of the time. And then Kevin corrected you and said on the uh, the uh, broadcast, they actually said 28 off 30 ballparks would have went out of. So that could have been a, yeah. a home run literally almost anywhere else. Um, he sent PNC one deep to center. Texas. Yeah. He, he sent one deep to center that was caught. I, I don't know. One was a bloop, of course. Is there anything? Is, is yeah, there anything the, one, the one hit that he had, that ball was in the air forever. It was unbelievable. <laughs> that turned into, I mean, at this point, he deserves some luck. Like, uh, but that was like a joke. <laughs> right no i'm totally with you but like you said like you know luck's got to bounce both ways you know at some yeah. point yep. so okay you know he didn't really earn that one but he got lucky and, oh yeah and he gets no it. like i said he, he more than has he more than deserves one like that and uh now, the and the thing about that, that too hit, what's that the double was nice it was a nice piece of hitting that was it was um, really impressive you know outside pitch on the corner low and away and he you don't see uh you don't away. see lefties go go to that part of the park much if ever no but he hit the ball probably 380 feet yeah so yeah he, he he drove it it's just it was in the wrong spot he would have tucked it into that corner a little bit more it would have been six rows back 
Yeah, and that's one to bring up here. Like, I'm not really going to count that bloop so much, but you know, the one he hit dead away center, and the other one, you know, he hit away. So neither was was pulled. Uh, I, I don't know. He said a little, little encouraging. He looked, he looked good at the plate. It's not that he's looked terrible at the plate all year. I mean, he's he's looked lost at sometimes, like the old Polanco. He's gotten some bad calls, um, but he has walked. I mean, he's he's not swinging at every single pitch. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like you know we're gonna talk about Polanco all the time this year, and at least we get to talk some positive stuff about him tonight. You know, it's not like oh god, there's Polanco. He went over three again with a walk yeah. and three strikeouts, you know? So I guess when there's positive, let's time to bring it up. And he did look like a major league player today. And he looked pretty damn good, I guess. Offensively. And I will say this to like, he has not looked good really this, this season, but he is walking. Like he's getting on base via the walk, which is good to see. He, he, he got his fifth walk of the season today. He's got, he's walking at a 20% rate right now. Um, and then after today, strikeout rate, the lowest it's been since 2018. I mean, now, it doesn't like say a whole lot, Jim. We, I mean, are, we are, I appreciate that six stat, games but... in, six games in, but, um, and, and again, I, it's hard it for me to get like excited. A, uh, <laughs> yeah. It feels like a PNC Park scoreboard stat. Joe Block on the call. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It's hard for me to get excited about Polanco at this point, just because. Like it's like Lucy with the football and Charlie Brown yeah. every single year. Exactly. Um, yep. It's, but I mean, I guess it was nice to see him today. Not suck. Great. Um, I mean, what else? What else about today's game stood out? Anything? Got a ball. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Oh, there you go. It was. Uh, it was in that. I think it was the eighth inning when uh, when the Cubs pitcher couldn't throw a strike. They put all those walks in a row. Stallings had it right back. The people right in front of us they mm. was right to them, and they they botched it, and it bounced right to us. There you go. It was good. Very nice. Is that your first foul ball that you've caught? I think I've got a foul ball since like Three River Stadium when I was a little kid. Got a I got a ground rule, and we always used to hang out in that left field. I got a ground rule double there a few years ago. Okay. We've gotten like random balls like thrown from a player. But, uh, you know, it's a foul ball. That was the first one in quite a while. Oh, you have increased odds if you go to a game this year of getting a foul ball. There you go. That's <laughs> true. Less less competition now. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know. How about you, Denard? Have you, ever, have you ever caught a foul ball at a major league game? Well, so I've never caught a foul ball at a major league game. But I will say at a spring game in Orlando, there was one that came my way and I mean, pardon me too. Like I'm not really the type that like really cares too much about it, but they'll come in my right. way. And this one guy I was like really, really excited about. So I was like, let him go out and get it. But uh, he ended up dropping his phone doing so. So like, I actually am kind of thankful I let him have it. Cause I got the witness that. So he dropped his phone. I'm pretty sure it broke, yeah. but he got a baseball, I guess <laughs> at a spring training game. So Hey, that, I guess that's worth it, right? You know, it might be a win for him. <laughs> I'll never forget. It. I've caught one foul ball at a major league game, and it was it was crazy because in the exact same game, I also caught a hot dog. Like you know, you do the hot dog oh, shoots. Yeah. Now that I'll miss that. They need to yeah. bring that back. So like same game, a hot dog and a foul ball. It was it was pretty crazy. Foul ball was off of uh, Brad Osmus. 
Houston Astros. Manager now. Wow. Yeah. Or, yeah. I don't know. Is he still a manager? I don't know what he's doing now, but you would think he, Brad Osmond seems like the kind of guy who would be a manager. That's for sure. But uh, no, yeah. Brad Osmond's foul ball and a hot dog in the same game. That's a big day. <laughs> it was, that, it was, that's for sure is. It was a great day. I mean, it doesn't get much better. Souvenir for free. I mean, we came yeah. home today with not the ball and a magnetic schedule and a mask. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. That's a haul right there. <laughs> yeah, I guess they always give out the magnetic schedules on opening day, but I guess they do, they were doing the masks today too. I feel like they should just do the masks for like every game. Maybe like change the pattern up. There's some. Yeah, they collect them all. I know we're all anxiously awaiting, but just so an update, Brad Osmus hasn't done anything since the Angels of 19, so he is no longer in baseball. That's a shame. Right. He was the Angels manager? That's right, he was, and then they fired him, and then they hired Joe Madden for some stupid reason. Yeah, so he can can injure Otani. Yeah, who who almost murdered Otani over the weekend. Not as good as Philip Evans, though. Not as no. good as, yeah. No, no I mean, you got to think. Only two, they're the only two pitchers to have homered this yeah. year. Philip Evans and Shelby. Evans had a nice play at third today. I, I, I was, uh, was impressed with that. I was just going to say, that, not, not only is he the star. only, is he and Otani the only guys that have pitched and homered in the same game, but, you know, Philip Evans has two home runs where Otani only has one. So he's also better offensively and a better pitcher. Zero ERA, so. He is definitely better than Otani. But yeah, I, I want to say that. So defensively, it's been a mixed bag, but he did have a really, really good play today at third base. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of a guy who just kind of he's he's already played what, like five, five, four or five different positions. You know, right. he's in there for a bat. You know, they're sort of just obviously never gonna play third once Hayes is is back. Um, you know, maybe some first. Maybe some outfield here and there. Probably not the quickest guy in the world. I don't really know, but you know, it's he, right now. Is, I think yeah. he's just sort of a guy that. I mean, the best, really, the best thing to happen for the Pirates this season is that you have guys increase their stock as players or assets, really. And he's one guy that really could can do that. You know, come out of nowhere and actually become something. That would be a big. That'd be a plus. And something you can really actually take away from the season as positive. So hopefully he keeps keeps it up, no matter where he's playing. Right. Yeah, and I mean, he's kind of just picking up, kind of just picking up where he left off last year. You know, before his injury, you know, he, he was he was really he was like we saw all this for two weeks last year, and uh, it was just unfortunate what happened. But uh, no, I mean, and this also goes back to the whole reason why he's even on the team, right? He. He can do all these things, whereas the other guy, Todd Frazier, can't, right? Um, and, and that's why he's here and Todd Frazier's not. I will say I, I agree on Frazier, but <laughs> if you want to argue for Frazier over Wilmer Defoe, I will hear that argument uh, quite clearly. I, uh, I would too. I would at least, yeah, I would listen to that one. It would have been nice to have him up there <laughs> yeah. with bases loaded today. That I can not, get on. I know there. Todd Frazier's nothing great, but, you know, but yeah. I, I with with you for the most part. Defo did have three hits yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and that'll be the last time he has like a multi hit yeah. this year. <laughs> that'll, that'll be like his only three hits for the rest of the month. <laughs> oh man, 
Yeah. Uh, I again, like with with Evans, I just you know you, you just like want to write him off in a sense. Like, well, you know, he's he's twenty eight years old. He's doesn't have a track record. Like, you know, it's fool's gold. He had eleven games last year. He looked good, whatever. But like in spring, he also looked pretty decent. He made the club, and right now is looking decent. You know, I'm still intrigued. Let's just kind of, I guess, figure this guy out. You know, like you said, Brian, let's see the stock. I'm not saying he's going to be part of the future, but let this guy play out, and maybe he can be a, a commodity of some piece or some type. Um, but it's like he just yet has disappointed anyone. I mean, even right now, obviously yeah. today he went over three, but still batting 368 on the season. Um, you know, he did walk. He made a good defensive play. And he's capitalizing on his, on his time, you know, available to play. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I would say even, and and then just even the fact that that's it. The big thing with him is he's he can hit, right? So if you're hitting like that, you know, the defense you can just be kind of serviceable everywhere. But yeah. I mean, looking at his career numbers now, and again, he, he's kind of played just bits and pieces, but in four different seasons, parts of seasons, he's got 131 weighted runs created plus over 50 games and 123 plate appearances. So he's now, you know, he's put together basically like a third of the season, you know, over the, over the course of his career. And he's been 30% above league average hitting wise. Yeah. They should, they should have him in there every day at this point, even when Hayes is back. I mean, easy, easy to do now before he's back, but whenever that does happen, you got to get him in there either at first or outfield or something. So what's your thought on that? Because that brings up a good point. Because obviously, if he's continuing to play like this, he's earned the right to play. Um, so if Hayes comes back, which he was taking grounders today, so maybe sooner than later than what we were expecting. Um, Hayes comes back. Like, what do you do with him? Where, where do you play Evans? Are you just giving him, like, other guys random days off and give him a lineup? Or has he become an everyday outfielder in some sense? I mean, you still have Polanco there and... Reynolds, so I mean, I don't know. You're putting Reynolds in center field a bit, and having Evans play out there. What, what, what's what's going on here? What's your thought? Yeah, I mean, certainly for sure. Uh, whenever you face a lefty, you either put him in for Polanco or Moran. That's that's easy. Um, one of those two for sure. When you face righties, yeah, I mean, you have to either build, you know, pick and choose your spots. I guess you. Either either give a day to uh, Reynolds or Blanco or Moran, even against the righty, or yeah, we'll move Reynolds to center, take out the Fowler Alford combo because that doesn't seem to be working so well. Although <laughs> I do think they they need to give at bats to at least one of those guys and just hope that they turn into something. You know, who knows how likely that is, but you might as well try. But yeah, I mean. Like he he's like he's the guy that can play all over, so you mix him in. I don't think his defense is gonna be great anywhere. Like Jim said, he just needs to needs to get at bats. And even days he doesn't bat, even days he doesn't start, put him in there as your first guy off the bench. Position and versatility can help with that too, especially you know, get a lefty coming in to face Polanco or Moran at a big spot later in the game. Like he can be good for that as well. Yeah, and I I agree 100. percent I think I think he's got to be in the lineup at least, you know, five times a week, right? You know, five out of six games, you know, try to figure out where to put him and just kind of move him around, right? Yeah, like like you said, lefties, he's an automatic start for either Moran or Polanco. 
probably at this point, Polanco. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of pick and choose. Hey, does, does, does Reynolds get a day off now? Does, you know, center fielder get a day off now? Does, does Polanco or Frazier or one of those guys, he hasn't played second base in a while. So I don't really know if he can play second base anymore. Um, he, he hasn't done it in can our years. second base play second base anymore? <sighs> That's true. Frazier's <laughs> not so far this year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he hasn't played second base since though. 2019. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think I think you got to have him in the lineup as much as possible, even when Hayes comes back. Yeah, I mean, I'm all with you guys too. Like as as it stands, I mean, he's just doing everything he's asked for. He he's the best player offensively right now. You know, he's consistent. Again, it's it's six games. I get it. It's short. But of all the guys that, you know, is earning something, at least he is. The rest have looked pretty bad so far. Um, And I don't know. So maybe we'll go, like, to the bullpen a little bit here. Um, You know, Sam Howard did, did give up that home run. This was one of the better parts. I mean, it was funny, like, heading into this season. We knew the Pirates were going to be bad. I wasn't expecting 54 game bad, but maybe, Jim, you overshot that also, you know. Uh, 44 might be the number. Maybe it's 34. But it was like of the better parts of this team, we kept hearing and you kept assuming too, and there was reason to believe it, but it was going to be defense, which obviously looked terrible, and it's going to be the bullpen. Now, the bullpen looked really good against the Cubs series. The Reds didn't look good at all. You know, again, Howard today gave up the home run. I mean, what are we thinking about with this bullpen so far? Uh, Has anything changed your mind these past few games? Are we worried about Howard as well? I mean, he hasn't looked good this this year after no, the fantastic, I, not fantastic, I think, but solid season last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, if you're talking about like, is this bullpen going to be walking down leads every time we, you know, no, <laughs> not going to be an elite level like it was an opening day, you know, dominating lineups, <clears throat> always reliable to hold on to a lead or keep games close, but you have. It's kind of like we were talking with Evans. You know, you have guys that are trying to prove their stock or really prove it that prove themselves a little bit, and I, and that's kind of what you want to see. You know, Holmes has been so bad in most of his career. He's had that one really horrible game at Cincinnati, but has looked pretty decent otherwise, actually, which is good because I think he actually is hard to hit. He just is all over the place sometimes. Howard, you know, was kind of good last year. It's just I think anytime you just have a lefty that throws from an angle, you know, he's as promised. Um, you know, the new guys like Bednar and uh, that, what's his name? Oviedo. Oh, he, that guy looks awesome. He, we didn't see him today, but um, he's really exciting to watch as a, as a rule five pickup, you know, basically out of nowhere. He looks it, never pitched above single A. Dude looks like a beast. So, yeah, I mean, there's going to be growing pains for sure, but I, I, it can be a bright spot. And again, you really just want to see guys get better and establish themselves and, pick and choose which ones are going to be part of your future and uh, maybe, you know, maybe become trade chips in some cases or, or move forward. But right. yeah, I mean, you'll see. As Buckle Mike points <clears throat> out, what leads? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. There haven't been too many leads to protect <laughs> right. up to this point. Um, I was actually, so I have been all over Pal Crick for a while now. <laughs> <laughs> but like he put together a strong spring. He's 
he's actually looked pretty good so far this year. You know, he hasn't given up a run yet. His problem always has been, you know, can he keep people off the base paths, right? Because his command has just been all over the place ever since, you know, two years ago, really. Um, 2019, six and a half walks per nine. Last year, 6.3 walks per nine. So that's that's his issue, right? If he can get back to where he was in 2018, right? 2018, 3.4 walks per nine. He was he was elite. Like he was an elite setup guy in baseball at that point. Um, I said, if he can get to that point where he's just not walking so many people, then he's a totally different pitcher, and and the stuff still plays. He just needs to keep people off the bases. So he did a good job of that today, right? No walks. Um, you know, and he pitched an inning and a third. So I want to see more of that from Kyle Crick because, again, he's you know Brian's mentioned a few times here. You're looking for guys who can improve their stock. Kyle Crick, someone who. You know, he's now 28 years old. He now has four he's on his he's in his third year of service time. So you know Kyle Crick's not a part of this team's successful future that will hopefully be here 2023, 2024, 2025, whenever that time frame is. You know, can we at least can Kyle Crick at least turn himself into a consistent setup guy that would make him someone that teams would give up some talent for right so i think that's going to be an interesting thing to keep um keep watching his velocity was up a little bit today so that was nice to see he was sitting more 94 ish with his fastball the slider was 80 81 which is where you want to see it as opposed to um you know where, where he's been in the past yeah i was going to say like the, the velocity was up a little bit it still wasn't to the levels of before but as we talked this offseason, you mentioned as well. I mean, for him to get better, he's got to you got to get that velocity there. But also too, like everything you're saying, it's funny. Like it reminds me of like the the Liriano effect, where people just weren't swinging at a slider anymore because like he just can't find it in the in the zone. You know, you know the slider's coming. You see the slider, and you just don't swing because it's going to be a ball. And that's like what Kyle Crick has become. He just can't locate that. He can't throw for strikes anymore. Uh, I mean, even this year we saw one that was like three feet off the plate. I swear. So, you know, if he can start locating yeah, that, right, the velocity back. seems like it's coming back. So hopefully maybe, I mean, today was warm, but hopefully maybe in May we start seeing it. And like you said, Jim, he can be a trade piece at the deadline. You just need to, I mean, he just needs to run off a couple of good months. Guys will, you know, people always need relievers. You're seeing guys go down right now. I mean, even today, um, who just, well, Paxson went down, but um, Rosenthal, let's get thoracic outlet syndrome surgery, which is what our boy Chris Archer just got. So, you know, I mean, after last year, it's, we're not sure, but my guesstimate is there's probably going to be a lot of injuries this year because with the shortened season, you know, uh, we're starting to see injuries and yeah, like people like Kyle Crick can definitely become valuable because you're going to need arms. And if he's showing any type of life, then yeah, there's a trade chip. Yeah, Crick's yeah. I kind of forgot about him, to be honest. I mean, that's uh that was a uh that was a name that, you know, going into the season I, I had almost written off completely. So if he's able to like we've been saying, improve his stock or get to the point where he is somewhat attractive as a setup man or something going forward, that would be a major win. Something to look forward to. 
Um, yeah, I think if you're looking at guys like Crick, you know, is fits that mold. Rich Rod fits that mold as someone that you want to see. Just like if Rich Rod can be a shutdown reliever, that could come in handy come trade deadline time, right? Um, and so far, so far, so good with Rich Rod too. Yes, so far so good with him. I mean, it's he's. I feel like pitched less, less innings. He's been utilized a lot less. Um, but we're looking at trade chips, you know, definitely him, Crick. Stratton's another one. Stratton's a guy that I've really liked as well, in a sense. And I say really liked again, it's not like it's elite, but he's a guy like my Chad Cool. I feel like there's there's some production out of him. Uh, but he as like Chad Cool as well has not looked good this year either. Uh Stratton yesterday gave up three earned runs with a home run, four hits in two innings. Uh just wasn't looking good. Was it seemed like he was throwing everywhere, getting hit everywhere. Um so yeah, I don't know. This bullpen, it's like it's been night and day. Chicago looked really good, and then Cincinnati looked awful. Uh, and then today, eh, it was, it was okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, really, outside the home run that that Howard gave up, which the very first pitch. I mean, it was first first pitch, and Rizzo just smacked it. I think it was like four hundred and ten feet. So right. It was kind of right in his wheelhouse. You know, lefty power hitters don't want to give them that low and in ball that they can just just drop the bat head and just hit forever. So it was it was not a not a great pitch. So sorry. Anyways, uh, yeah, and I guess again, like getting it back to yesterday a little bit today. I mean, I don't know. So there was issues with, I just want to bring this up too. There was issues about Eric Gonzalez not playing today. We actually saw, this is, this is how you know, right? This is how you know pirate fandom, like pirate world is terrible that we actually had people calling out, like calling for the head almost that Eric Gonzalez wasn't in the lineup today because Eric Gonzalez had a hit yesterday that went over the fence, right? First off, let's just say this. Eric Gonzalez had a hit. So let's give him the clap. He had a hit, but also ended up being a grand slam, so therefore he should be playing today. I mean, is it this bad that we're, like, praying and yelling and mad that Eric Gonzalez is not in the lineup? Now, if you want to complain about Kevin Newman, I'm here for it. <laughs> he, hits, he hit 600 in spring training. I love to – That's I'm going to bring that up as a joke now all season because <laughs> – they love to make such a big deal out of that, and we all knew it's not a big deal at all. And Kevin Newman, I mean, you know, nice guy, whatever, but really, <laughs> an absolute best case scenario is that he hits 300 with all singles, and his defense is not good. So yeah, I mean, Eric Gonzalez, he's a big guy. He sometimes, you know, when he actually connects with it, it looks amazing. Like he can be a beast. I, I guess he he's can play good defense too, but. Yeah, I'm not really a believer in Eric Gonzalez. I'm not going to complain about him not playing. But I, I do see the idea that maybe he has more upside than Kevin Newman. But And then maybe that's why, I mean, I, I've seen people saying like, oh, Charrington's getting rid of all the NH guys. And he had that, he had the opportunity to get rid of Gonzalez and didn't. True. Uh, he you know, re-signed through arbitration. Mm-hmm. So he's probably at least a little bit intrigued. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Gonzalez is selling really for the most part. Um. He did. He did get in that bat today and quickly struck out horribly. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. hard to tell from the, the upper deck, but he, it looked like a pretty uh, non-competitive at bat. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know who was complaining that he didn't play today, but that's pretty funny. Yeah, I was, there was there was a little bit of Twitter outrage about that, and uh, I, I found it funny as well because I was I was like, really, guys, it's it's Eric Gonzalez. Like, let's let's not get too upset here. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the thing, and I, I want to bring up Shelton a little bit here um, as well. But it's like, right, like, okay, so Eric Gonzalez is batting one, with that home run yesterday, that grand slam, that brought his average up to a one twenty five and his OPS up to a four thirty eight. So, are we really looking to reward a guy who's batting 125 on the year because he hit a grant, like he hit one home run to play? So, like, I guess my issue is, is this like in people's minds now because of baseball? I mean, when your fourth wide receiver goes off and has like a 100 yard game and a touchdown, like, do you start him next week? Not that we have a Randy Moss, but like, oh, Randy Moss, you're sitting down, you know. Our fourth stringer got 100 yards this this week, so you got to start. Like, why is this? Like, why is this? even a thing right now. Why should we be yelling at Shelton that he's not putting in Eric Gonzalez because yesterday he had a home run and sit Newman and Frazier. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be different if Gonzalez like was on a run, like on a tear, then you play him like kind of how last year he started off and you know, he, his, his numbers that's, were out, outstanding. Right. Right. So like that, when, when that's happening, yeah, you, you play him until he cools off, but yeah, I mean, he, he, this is, this is kind of stupid, this whole argument, to be honest. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. Okay. Then let's move it over to, to Shelton. So I know Jim, you know, you definitely had a lot to say about him last year. Uh, really agreed with, you know, Shelton did not impress me. There's a lot of moves he made that made you question, so now that we are six games into the season here, sorry, seven. Um, what do we? Anything about Shelton change your mind? Um, I thought he actually like the, the first game of the year. I thought he managed really well. Every every move he made paid off. You know his pinch hitters. Perf- you know, they, they, he he basically everything he did in, in game one worked. Um, since then, I don't really think it's hard to blame the manager, and it kind of goes back to like John Russell and the Apple situation too, right? Like, can you really blame the manager all that much just if your players were just terrible, which is kind of what we have now? And so I haven't really seen anything that stuck out to me as far as like. I don't really know what what Shelton is doing here. Like, I don't think he's leaving pitchers there too long. I don't think he's necessarily bringing in the wrong guys for what situations the lineups have looked fine, you know, as far as I can tell. Um, So, I mean, I I don't have any complaints about him yet this year. But, again, sometimes it's hard to to tell just because of how bad the team has looked. You know, like how – it's really – it's hard to – to be a bad manager when you're losing 14 to nothing or 14 to one. Right. It's just, there's not really too many wrong moves you can make. Like, like what move are you going to do to, you know, <laughs> to stay competitive in that sense? Yeah, I, I 90% agree with that. I think there were a couple, I think in the first Cincinnati game, which actually was a, a closer loss than the other two were blowouts. There was, uh, what was it, like, I think Feliz was in, and Feliz clearly didn't have it at all. He was terrible, which 
we can go. That was a name we left out of the bullpen conversation that I would be totally fine moving on from. I have no faith in Feliz whatsoever. Trying to be intentional with that one, yeah. <laughs> Let's not talk um, about Feliz. But yeah, I think he probably could have gone elsewhere there. I mean, bring him in fine, but he clearly didn't have it, and that kind of may have cost him that game. Also, I think there were a couple times when uh, Blanco came up against a lefty reliever late in the game when I think he could have pinch hit. You know, maybe you. I think if you if your goal is number one goal is to try and win the game, you pinch hit. If your number one goal is to try and like let Polanco get at bats and prove yourself against lefty and whatever, you know that's fine. But if your number one goal is to win the game, pinch hit. You didn't do that. I pointed out, and I'm sure you did too, Jim, many times last year, where they clearly were not managing to win, whether that was intentional or just Shelton not being smart. I don't know. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt again, probably just because when the team's so bad, you know, there's a lot of things you can do that look like you're not helping, but I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's that important to be honest. Like the team manager's not going to make any difference this year in terms of wins and losses, you know, and any that the difference that they do make won't matter. So it's going to be a couple of games difference in a roughly hundred loss season. <laughs> and I think managers decisions, you know, in terms of like taking pitchers out or something guys in here, or, you know, building a lineup. I think that's correctable. Like if he's doing bad on that, a new bench coach could fix that entirely. I, that, I, I don't really care about that in terms of evaluating him as a future manager. I care about how he's like getting along with players and getting the best out of them and coaching them up and improving, which I don't know that we've seen a lot of great greatness from him in that regard either. But that's really what I'm more important I want to see from him, which you can't really quantify easily. True. But a number, number of people have pointed out if, if they're, you know, go on a miserable season this year and probably still pretty bad next year, uh, he's likely getting fired anyway before this team is looking at being competitive. So probably doesn't matter that much mm-hmm. anyway. He's just kind of a stand in. But if he's not going to be, I'm not going to like super scrutinize these decisions and these early 100 loss season games and say right. like he can't manage in the future but i will say not doing everything they're not doing everything they can to win which you know, is annoying to watch but kind of understandable in the long run yeah i feel like last year it was more there were some bad decisions like in games last year so like you mentioned there there were plenty of times where it was like this is not the right move if you want to win this game, right? And and he did that multiple times. And that was concerning because as a manager of athletes and, and competitors, you want to always like the, the manage the management right can be tanking, right? But the team, the players, they don't tank, right? Those those guys are out there trying to compete for for future dollars, right? They're they're out there trying to to win contracts and and make more money. Those guys aren't tanking. No one on the Pittsburgh Pirates right now is tanking. Um, you know, Ben Charrington may be tanking, but the Pirates players are not. Like they're trying to win. Um, so when you have a manager who isn't also trying to win, then that's that is a problem. Like that is a problem in the clubhouse that is not good. Um, and so 
and yeah, last year, I don't know if it was just a matter of new manager, who knows, but last year it was, it was bad. It didn't look good. Um, I guess this year, yeah, there's a few instances there here and there, but I haven't seen anything like super blatant where I've been like, why in the world is this happening? Like I, I haven't lost my mind on any decisions yet. Um, whereas last year there were a few times where I was like, this is, this is absolutely stupid. Yeah, like and, uh, yeah, one run lead and bring in Del Pozo. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and like you said, yeah. Brian, like I, I really agree. Like there's there's been some moments, um, and I've I've seen the chatter about them as well. And so, like a question I I also wonder about also in a season that doesn't matter, right? Like I'm not judging Shelton on the season. Like I'm not. I don't care to win. You know, I I don't really care that the Pirates win. 54 or 61 or if it's 68 it's going to be bad we know it's going to be bad so it's it's not as like we're trying to win here but i guess to like critique him and understand him as a manager i mean i'm sure he wants to be here when the pirates are winning you know and he should probably try and do everything he can to make himself appear that he is a capable manager so that way he can get that extension and new contract with the pirates because i mean of course i'd want to see it through like i'm not going to go in these terrible years that get fired of it's terrible so I'm sure he wants to, but it's, so it's like, are we evaluating him to find out if he is that guy last year? Show me no this year so far, there's been nothing egregious, but also to the point, like when you're down 14, nothing, what does it matter? Um, like, I'm also kind of curious too, is there maybe because there's no expectations, do you manage his bullpen? Like when Feliz was in there too long, are you kind of also saying, well, we got to manage his arms anyways, who cares? Let them go out there so we're not blowing this bullpen some more and taxing them. I mean, also, is there maybe a little bit of a tweak in the way the style we manage this year because of trying to save arms and be healthy throughout a full 162-game season? Or is that just a no? Because <laughs> you're no, both no, just no, like no, looking no, at me no, like, no, you're an idiot. <laughs> no, sorry, I, had to, I, I was trying to click my unmute button here. I had to – headphones died. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I – that is the, I think the innings thing, that's huge, actually. Like, and that's something that a lot of people aren't going to realize. I've already had people say, like, well, why would you throw Cahill or these guys? Like, you have all these new prospects. Why aren't we just pitching them? And you have to realize, like, first of all, the minor league guys didn't throw any real innings last year. Uh, and the, even the ones that did, you know, maybe guys that were back and forth or guys that were in the majors or kind of on the fringes there – or even the ones that have pitched a full season, you know, full season, the full the full season that did happen. You're talking a huge boost in innings this year, and there's no reason that the Pirates should be pushing anyone on, in terms of, you know, limiting their future and just to, so they can get innings out of them this year. So, yeah, I mean, you are going to have to these some of these guys like Cahill that are just, you know, basically filling arms, just filling in innings that are kind of useless to you, but you don't want to be burning – uh, innings out of your guys like uh, that you acquired in the trade, like Yahure, or I don't know how you say it. <laughs> um, some of these interesting prospects that you've got, um, you don't you don't want to throw them out there right away for the whole that they're going to be out there for the whole season. You, you we might see them later on here and there, and then the same thing goes for the bullpen. Like, yeah, you have to be careful with a lot of these people, and there's no reason to push it. It'd be it'd be different if you were a team that wasn't you know, expected to contend and every game matters and, you know, but there's really no reason that they have to uh, push it. And yeah, I think that will, there probably will be points this year where 
you wonder like what's going on why are we putting this guy out there and the answer just maybe we really need to manage the innings and i think that as frustrating as it'll be uh and they might not even want to say it out front but um i think that could be kind of a reason yeah because i mean you brought up you know yahore um i think i think bolton you know cody bolton falls in that same boat like those are two guys that we're probably going to see this year and we'll, we'll see them i think a decent amount but like you mentioned like they didn't these guys didn't pitch last year or if they did they were at alternate sites Yahura, I think through like eight innings with, for the Yankees. So like you've got guys who maybe, you know, collectively through like 50 innings, right. If we're counting scrimmage games and things like that, but even those, you can't even really count them because it's like, are, are they even going all out? Right. Or they, or they're pitching 90%, you know, who knows? Um, so, so I agree with you. Like, I don't think like there's, there's no reason why Cody Bolton or Miguel Yahore should be throwing 150 innings this year, right? Like you're, you're probably for, for those guys, you're probably looking at like 60 to 80 and then you're like, okay, you're good. Um, because yeah, like there's just no point. There's no point in pushing those guys um, to, to do more. Will Crow, you know, kind of the same way. I think we'll see more of Will Crow just just kind of see what he has. And he'll be another one of those guys who, who can eat up some innings. Like, I think these are all guys that we will see eventually. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, Cahill and Anderson in particular, they were brought here for one reason and one reason only, and that's to, to, to just eat up some innings. I mean, those are two guys that should, should, you should be able to get at least a hundred innings out of them. Right. Um, maybe even like 150, I don't know how many pitchers will see throw 150 innings this year, um, just in, in, in all of baseball, but I think those are two guys that you can at least throw out there every five, every fifth day and, and eat some innings, but there's really just no point doing it for anybody else. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I want to bring it up too, because I feel like, you know, we're already seeing Pirates Twitter just like wanted to fight each other. I mean, we finally get baseball back, right? It's, it's just been barely a week that it's here. And it's like, we're having like an internal war in Pirates Twitter, which of course, nothing new, right? But it's like, we can't even enjoy baseball finally being back. And, you know, people like Brian being able to watch the game. We got all fight each other and tell everyone how to fan and such. So it's like I'm already sensing that we're going to be in June. And everyone's like cutting off, you know, cutting, coming for Shelton's head because of the way he manages and and these pitchers. And that's why I want to kind of bring this up. Do we maybe heed a little warning and say that, you know, maybe they're not all going to be the right move in a sense that we think, but maybe it's the right move of what they're trying to do here to prolong arms and get innings. You know, like maybe maybe you make that move quicker, but you're like, you know what? Flea's only thrown five pitches. Like, why pull him out? Just keep him in there. Let's not waste all these pitches and bring in, you know, Ben Orange all the time. So that's a little bit of my caution here on maybe judging him too hard right now on at least the pitching moves. Um, speaking of pitching, a little bit of breaking news. So MLB is examining Trevor Bauer's baseballs versus the A's. Apparently they had markings and were sticky. They've been sent to the league for inspection. How about that? That's interesting. So I, I I do think well, what's interesting about that is because like Bauer was always that guy who was like, "Hey, these people are all cheating." Right. I'm not. You know, if I did cheat, I would be the best pitcher in baseball. Well, guess what? Last year he, <laughs> he was, was the, the best, best pitcher in baseball. So what did he do really there? You know. Um, 
That, that's interesting. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. I don't know if anything will come of it. I'm with you. I'm intrigued by this to find out what does happen. I mean, of course, you know, Cynical Ryan, we talked about this. Cynical Ryan was all, they're not going to do anything about it. It's all for show. It'll be sucks, right? You know, that's that's typical Ryan for you. Um, but yeah, I guess so. this is the first time we heard that they're tracking. You know, they're going to be looking into this. They're looking for foreign substances. They're going to be looking at spin rates live. And, you know, if there's any differences, they see anything, they, they're going to pull balls. And we saw it. We saw the game. They There's someone tweeted out that, you know, a baseball has been pulled um, and has gone to an inspector. But right now we got a follow-up. So that has been sent to the league and they are going to look into it. So this will be the first actual case that we're going to see from this new thing in Major League Baseball about them trying to cut down on, I guess, cheating. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, I don't know. So, was there anything else that you guys wanted to bring up, talk about, about the Pirates in general, these, these past few games, looking forward to the future games? I don't know. Um, has the alternate site team started playing games yet? Not that I'm I aware of. I, I, I mentioned that the other day. I think that's something that'll really maybe help cheer people up a little bit is at least seeing some of these minor league games happen or I don't know. I don't know what this, what's the plan with the alternate site games? Like, how does that work? I, I think like, I think some of them are being played at, at Pitt and some are being played. I think some are even being played at PNC park. Yeah. But is it just like a scrimmage or is it- Yeah. It's kind of like a, like a scrimmage game, but they're playing other teams. So like, like I know here in Louisville, the Reds alternate site team is here. So like the Royals were just here last week to play the Reds. And I know the Pirates, the Pirates come here in two weeks to Louisville to play that to, to play them. And I mean they're selling tickets. It's like ten dollars general admission, just first come, first serve. So I would I would imagine the Pirates are kind of doing something like that. But uh yeah, I I feel like that would be kind of cool. To, yeah, I, I hadn't seen that. I just, I don't think they're gonna I have definitely not seen anything in terms of like it being open to the public, but well, that would be interesting. But yeah, I think just once once we have something else to see, uh, you know, you flip the channel after you see it's eight to nothing, <laughs> you can at least see right. like, oh, well, so and so is pitching in the minors tonight, or you know, Swaggerty had three hits, or you know, Cruz did this, or you know, something else nah. to, to look at that will yeah. give you some semblance of hope or happiness. <laughs> Other I... than just, I 100% agree. Like, I think, like, I think minor league content this year is going to be really key for, for pirates fans. You know, like, okay, you know, how are all these guys doing, especially the new guys? Like we acquired all this new talent that we have, like, we've been hearing a lot of stuff about them. Right. But like, how do they actually perform? Um, so I'm like, I'm really, 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 like, that's what I'm most excited about this year is to see, you know, like, what does Pagero do? What does Hudson head do? What does, do all these guys we got from the Yankees do? Um, I mean, that's yeah, I'm, that could I'm be fully with you interesting. Guys. You make yeah. a good point, Brian. I do. I guess once minor league baseball comes, I feel like maybe we'll all calm down a little bit. Like, we're not all arguing and yelling because Eric Gonzalez isn't getting a start. Like, that's going to be moved to the side, <laughs> right? And replaced with, oh, wow. Like, you know, look at whoever did in AAA or AA or whatever and, and talking about these young guys. You are right. Like, not only have we acquired all these guys, but the guys that we acquired. 
most of them are younger and we don't even have like stats from like the season before to base off them, you know, like, like we don't really know what we have yet. (laughs) It's based off of baseball America or sites and scouts that you read on. We hear their point of view, but it's just all basically like eye tests and what they think. Like there's really no stats and, and actually gains behind them to do it. So like, this is their first year of like proving themselves. You know, we get to really find out like what Charrington did with all these trades when you see them play this year. And it's going to give us something to talk about because that's the hope. The hope isn't with the Pirates roster. That's all we have. That's doom and gloom. You know, when the minor league season comes, now you can actually start talking about some things, be hopeful, be happy about things. And then maybe we start seeing some of the guys make the way up like Bolton and your hurry and whatever. So I'm with you. I think that actually is what made some of the spring training games, you know, the end of that every game, you'd have a couple of those guys in. Very, and, you know, yep. that, that would be more, that's a lot more interesting to watch than seeing at bats number four and five from Moran and Newman. And, you know, when it's when they're down by five mm-hmm. runs, you know, so yeah, it's that was kind of cool to see a bunch of those guys. And now you don't have that anymore. Uh, so yeah, definitely looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, so that's that's, that's what that's probably about a month away now. I think I think like May first week of May. 4th. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun for sure. Um with it. All right. Well, if that's everything, um, Brian, I really appreciate you coming on. Any last words before we have you bounce? Well, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. For sure. Good times. You gonna be any more games this week? I don't know yet. Possibly. I will, uh, you know, you'll see, you'll see if I am. So I'll let you know. All right. We don't know. We don't have plans yet. We are out of here then. We'll see you all uh, next week. So until then, bye-bye. See you guys.